AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Weekly changes in grain prices this week don't even tell half the story of how volatility came back into the grains as the calendar flipped from February to March. The focus is still on demand and on the South American crops. But, hey, we're getting close to putting the U.S. crop conditions in the spotlight. From the third three of 2023 via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk this afternoon. We'll talk with Rich Nelson from Allendale. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. You know, normally I would say one guest, Rich Nelson, that's it. That's it. But that one guest is Rich Nelson. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need. That's like, I don't know, a lot. So looking forward to the conversation with rich i've i've got uh i've got a, a fairly long list of issues that i want to get to uh and plus i know he's got to be gearing up for the allendale acreage survey that goes out uh we'll, we'll get some of the details on that and, and have you guys watching for it so okay uh, how's you know i was looking at the radar have, yeah. have you looked at the storm front that's going through uh, Illinois and right up there to Big Apple Joe Stackler in northern Indiana and mm. into the eastern belt. It is some serious stuff really? going on in the eastern belt, east of the Mississippi. Yeah. That sounds awful. Well, just stay stay alert over there, guys. Uh, be aware of the weather that's around you and uh, and be safe. So how, how, how did things go for you this week, Davis? Everything okay? I think it went okay. Yeah, I'm trying. You know, now that you ask, yes, I'm trying to think of something specific that went wrong. Yeah, I just can't come up with anything. That, really? Yeah, boy, yeah, that's a good week. I think it's been okay. I think it's been that's all right. A good week. I tell you well, what. What about you? Ah. Well, we had to scramble a couple of times this week to make sure that we had exactly what we wanted on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, oh man. So if you are a regular listener of the afternoon show, but sometimes miss the morning show, uh, one conversation in particular that I want you to go back and listen to this week, there this weekend, uh, Tuesday morning, we had a conversation with Dr. Michael Cordonier, the pro farmer crop consultant. He runs a, an operation called soy and corn advisor. And of course we were talking a lot about what is going on in Argentina we got into the details of the crop conditions in Brazil. And we even talked a little bit of seasonal labor issues. Uh, the inflation rates that he talked about in Argentina were one of the highlights Ooh, yeah. of the conversations that we had this week, which were great. Uh, when he's talking about 70 plus inflation, 70 plus percent, 70 percent plus, there we go. Uh, inflation rates in Argentina and what it's doing to marketing plans and inputs and, and mm -hmm. labor issues. And my goodness gracious, it, it's a crazy situation. See, I didn't know you were talking about work stuff. 
I thought you just meant just in general, how's it going? Work stuff, brother, I about left it out all on the field. You know, yeah. I'm, at this point of the game, See? my ankle is killing me. Yeah. Theoretically, you know, uh, yeah. meta- meta- metaphorically, my yeah. shoulder, I don't know if I got one more throw in me. I just need one more throw. I think I can do it, coach. I think I can do it. Well, let's put you in and get to That's the That's where neighbors. I'm at. Work-wise. <laughs> well, after two days of a slight upside correction in wheat futures, sellers retook control of the wheat market. Traders pointed to the weather forecast, which calls for another opportunity for precipitation in the central plains as one source of price pressure. Others continue to focus on the lack of export demand for U.S. wheat, with Russian wheat prices well below U.S. offerings. May hard red winter wheat futures opened near session highs and posted a low-range close. May soft red ended up near the midpoint of this week's relatively narrow trading range. May hard red winter wheat futures posted a high range open and closed near session lows today. May HRW wheat futures were nine and three quarters lower at eight sixteen and one quarter. May soft red wheat down four cents to seven oh eight and three quarters. May spring wheat closed at eight seventy two and three quarters, down three and one half cents. Chip. Yeah, let's take a look at the new crop contracts. July SRW wheat seven sixteen and three quarters down twelve and one half cents this week. July HRW eight oh eight and three quarters down nineteen and a quarter. Ooh. And September spring wheat futures eight sixty eight six zero down just three and a half cents this week. Well, chip corn futures opened fractionally lower, dipped to lower on the day, then recovered to post a high range close. As we talked about with Dr. Michael Cordonier on Tuesday's morning AgriTalk, more than one-third of the Brazilian safrina corn crop will be planted late or very late, but the corn market continues to factor in expectations of a hefty Brazilian corn crop. Brazil's Ag Ministry announced this week that 90 additional firms have been cleared to export corn to China. The total now stands at 446 firms, and Brazil expects record exports of the current marketing year. Before corn caught a bid on Wednesday, May corn futures had fallen 60 cents from last week's high. Man. May corn futures were 6 cents higher today, 639 and three quarters. July gained 4 cents, 628. These corn futures, 571 on the close, up a half penny today. July corn on the week, down 10 and three quarter cents. And December corn on the week, down just five and a quarter. Well, after five consecutive lower closes from last week's high, May bean futures strung together three consecutive low-range opens and high-range closes to add about 40 cents to erase all of Tuesday's yeah. sharp sell-off. The drought in Argentina has been a focus of the market for months, but most traders agree the potential for an Argentine bean crop of less than 30 million metric tons has not been factored into futures. There is also talk that harvest delays in Brazil could result in China needing to fill a gap in coverage with U.S. beans. Weather in Brazil is expected to slowly improve, but key areas need to string together days of dry weather to get back in the field. May beans were nine and a half cents higher, 15, 18 and three quarters. July beans up eight cents, 15.06. Novi beans closed at 13.73, up five and one half cents today. Yeah, July beans this week traveled a long ways to lose just two and a half cents. Yeah. November beans down just a penny on the week at 13.73. December cotton futures followed yesterday's downside reversal with an inside trading day with a low range open and a close above the opening range. New crop cotton is slowly grinding back up to a potential test of resistance at the January high of 86.98. December cotton was 51 points higher today, 84.26 chip. 
And on the week down, six ticks. That's it. <laughs> Crazy. Solid gains in the heavyweight choice graded boxed beef this morning helped cattle futures surge into the end of the week. April futures opened on session lows and closed high range, stopping just short of a full test of resistance at 166. April cattle were 132.5 higher at 165.42.5. June cattle gained 122.5 to 160.67 and one half. And April feeder futures $2.17 and one half cents higher, 196.02 and one half. And on your snout side, lean hog futures follow the gains and live cattle futures higher into the end of the week. April futures posted a low range open and a high range close, but could not climb back on top of resistance at 85 bucks. April hogs 70 cents higher today, 84.55. June up a nickel, $100, 62 and one half cents chip. All right. April cattle on the week up a nickel. <laughs> That's it. April feeder cattle on the week up $2.45. And April lean hogs on the week down $1.47. And one half cents. There were some weekly gains in the grain markets. July bean oil up 14 points on the week, and July soybean meal gained $2.10 a ton. Rich Nelson, Allendale, next on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. There's a version that Jackson's did of that one. That might be uh, There is. There is. Absolutely. Oh. We can pull that. This is before yeah. Michael's voice changed. <laughs> yes. Or yes. didn't change. I'm not sure. <laughs> did. did. It, it's kind of like it, it happens that way. Welcome yeah. back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis. Hi. Uh, and we are about to launch into a conversation with Rich Nelson, Chief Strategist at Allendale, Inc. Rich, it's good to have you back on the show. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, how about you guys on this uh, Friday afternoon here? It's looking good to me. It's not looking so good in the eastern belt, but it's looking really good up in northeast Iowa. We've got clear skies and nice, what is it? It's 42 degrees, Rich. I mean, it feels kind of like spring. <laughs> It's spring is here, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to make any guarantees on that, but it, it feels a little like it. You won't believe this, um, Rich, but we're going to start with a question that I just got from a listener, okay? And All right, fire away. All right, I just uh, I gave the weekly changes. We went a long ways in soybean market this week to end up with a 2.5-cent loss in July futures and a penny loss in November futures. 
The question I got from Paul in Northeast Iowa, does Rich think that's positive for beans until our planting season? I do think this is positive, and, and uh, the other positive is we did hold those January lows on that uh, big spike down on the last day of, uh, of February. So that's positive. At the worst, we can say we're in a sideways trade for two months. We're not in a downtrend for soybeans on the old crop, so positive there. In the grand scheme of things, I'm not quite sure if we can hold all of these uh, recent gains all the way into planting. I think uh, certainly uh, USC's numbers and certainly the private trade forecast for acreage, I think that might give us a little pressure maybe in a couple weeks' time. Okay. All right. Um, let's stay on market action here for a little bit. And I didn't – I you know, I look at commitment of traders' data, and I try to understand exactly what it might be suggesting. But until the numbers really skew one direction or the other – I'm no expert. I, I I'm barely an observer of the the um, the commitment of traders report. Uh, it we we don't have updated data because of that glitch or the hack that they had. Is there any guess on how on on what the updated commitment of traders report is going to look like, and any guess on how that might impact the markets going forward? And that's a really good uh, question here. So as far as our listeners understand, we've got our last update is from the last day of January. Uh, if you compare that against the uh, Tuesday's close here for these grains, we've lost in the case of corn about, uh, what, 50 cents or so. You've lost soybeans about 47 cents going into uh, this past Tuesday's close. So obviously there will be some type of fun selling numbers on there. Like you kind of mentioned, though, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I I don't pay as much attention to these numbers okay. as a lot of people do. Yep. Uh, sometimes the fund numbers don't exactly match up with price action itself as well. So that gives me yeah. a little pause uh, in terms of paying too much attention as well. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we had some domestic use numbers that came out this week, that, and I haven't spent much time talking about it. I'd like to get your take on the soybean crush for January. What did any, any takeaways from that crush data? You know, I think there is. And keep in mind, as far as our discussion point for this crush issue, we have been running a little, low, little lighter than we'd like to see here from September yep. through December. These new numbers for January, 191 million bushels. This was still low, off in this case about 1.6%. Uh, the issue for us to realize is we understand there will be a crush pickup in these next few months, but we need to transition from a 1% to 2% lower than last year pace to a 3% higher than last year pace from here on out. So we are a little on gun on, on crush here, so to speak. Okay. Is that concerning enough? We get a supply and demand report Wednesday next week. Is it concerning enough that we could see another adjustment to the crush data? We could. And in USDA gave us a little surprise here, perhaps, uh, with last month's numbers where they did uh, trim just a little bit, uh, a little bit here. Maybe it'll trim them 5 to 10 million bushels. I don't think it's going to be aggressive. But yeah. in the trade's mind, we're still not going to change this soybean story. It's just a little different than corn, and I do think it's, it's not enough yet to give us a, a big panic here just yet. Yeah, the monthly crush data, when we get it 12 months from now, Rich, is going to look a lot different than what it does today, won't it? It, it sure will. And a lot of us have concerns because we're not exactly sure exactly the – the exact numbers and when these uh, these plants will be coming online. 
Uh, keep in mind, we're doing market years. So we've got to make guesses by the uh, as of the end of August. So we understand things will improve. We're not quite sure what this means specifically for this old crop. New crop, we can argue positive news, but the old yeah. crop numbers, we're not quite sure. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, we also got the corn for ethanol grind numbers last week. Anything to take away from that or this week? It, you know, Overall, it was, uh, you know, it was something which, which we understood we have a small rebound. So we had the problems in, in December. Uh, corn use was down 8% in December with those weather issues. January numbers came through, 444 million bushels. This was just minimally under last year. The issue for us on this corn for ethanol, year-to-date numbers, we've used about 5% less than last year. So except through Jan, we've got to have an improvement. We have to run almost even with our quote-unquote last normal driving season, 2018-19. And at, at this point, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. So I have a little concern that USA could trim maybe 20 to 40 million bushels, something like that, in these next okay. a couple months here. Okay. Boy, E15 battle the, and some of the issues going on there, Rich. I, I realize that making E15 available year-round – in eight Midwest states, or seven is where it ended up, uh, even if it started in 2023, it's not going to be a major, it's not going to have a major influence on on corn for ethanol grind, but it would have helped, and it would have been a bit of good news. Now, the good news is coming. It's just a year away, but it's, it's, a, it's an absolute battle on the ethanol side of things right now, isn't it? Boy, it sure is. And I still have a small, small, small looming concern about this coming EPA discussion where they will announce in, in June whether they will make some general adjustments to match up this uh, required mandate level with current levels of usage of gasoline. So yeah. there's still a concern overall, not just for the old crop, but also for this new crop discussion on uh, on corn demand. So I just have a small amount of concern there, too, as well. Well, yeah, I think maybe the market is going to catch wind of that and uh uh there will be others in the market that are going to share that concern as we get concerned as we get closer and closer to epa putting out the uh, putting out the information there anything else from the grain markets the grain markets that that caught your attention this week you know, like you mentioned, your good rebound certainly for soybeans, corn. We're still not yet having a, a major change in the general concern about this issue and, uh, and and whatnot. So I do think this this week's trade was important for us in the corn. Maybe not exactly on the soybeans because they're still holding our ground on the soybeans at least. But uh, certainly, like the corn and wheat side, still give us a little pause at least for the coarse grain discussion. The trend is still uh, is still kind of in place right now, which is a okay. little concern as we go into this transition now into a, a new crop year in the weeks ahead. Right, right. Okay, let's talk a little bit about exports before we get to the break. Is the bean harvest in Brazil delayed enough, and the arrival of significant exportable supplies at the ports is that delayed enough that China might have to step in and fill a gap with U.S. beans? That's a great question. So Brazil's got its beat on the bean price, no doubt about that. And like yeah, you guys no mentioned doubt. before this uh, this segment started, uh, you know we do have uh, the chance maybe filling some holes here or there. Uh, keep in mind, in the past three weeks, they were reported as buying, but a lot of that reported buying was a 
it's simply a transfer from unknown. So it wasn't actually brand new purchases. So maybe we'll get some stopgap uh, purchases, uh, hold us up here for a little bit, but I don't think it's going to change the general story uh, to be an, uh, enough on a quantity basis here. Okay. What do you think of basis moves around the country? Uh, any any signals from the cash market that we need to think about? I think there are some issues to watch, and I, I don't think we're going to see a major change in basis until we get the next movement on futures price and we get the next concern about farmer selling. You know, the guys who have sold, they're probably going to be, that's fine, but I think the guys who have not sold for right now, they're putting their hands in their pocket and they're going to sit sit on this product at least, at least for a few more weeks, a few more months before getting seriously concerned. So okay. I don't know if basis is going to move just enough to give us a, a lot of interest there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I'm thinking about is uh, I drove over the Cedar River in northeast Iowa yesterday, uh, and boy, it's running almost bank full. I just checked the the Mississippi River. <laughs> the music's playing unbelievable. Check the Mississippi River level at Guttenberg, Iowa, and uh, it's coming up enough that it, there's not going to be as many issues on shipping barges uh once, once the, the rivers completely open up for us. Okay, we are in the middle of a conversation with Rich Nelson. A couple more grain issues that I want to go over with Rich, and then we're going to turn our attention to the cattle and hog markets. That's next here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. U.S. officials are preparing a sanctions push with allies against Beijing. If China supplies lethal weapons to Russia, the U.N. Food and Ag Organization Global Food Price Index dropped for the 11th consecutive month in February. A heat wave in northern and central India is threatening the country's wheat production for a second straight year. Iowa Governor Reynolds is requesting a meeting with President Biden to expedite a plan to boost ethanol sales in a few months rather than next spring. The cost of sending a freight container from China to Los Angeles fell to $1,200 this week, down from 15000 this time last year. Energy Secretary Granholm sees a resolution coming to complaints from the EU and UK on electric vehicle subsidies. News of note is taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. You can get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag AgriTalk. Well, in case you've got pills for talking on the radio phobia, you can, of course, call us at 
855-4825-8554-825-4825-8. followed by the number 4. It's 855, then 4, then 825, then 5, then 2, then 4. Agritalk. Wow. Nothing could be more simple. (laughs) Yeah, nothing. Nothing could be more simple than 855-482-5524. Or you can tweet at us. Uh Just use hashtag Agritalk in the message. That way we should see it. And uh, you can send me an email anytime. I love getting those uh, with things that you want us to talk about. Host at agritalk.com. We are in the middle of a conversation with Rich Nelson from Allendale. Before we get back to Rich Davis, if you can keep these numbers straight, Uh let's go ahead and recap where the market's closed. Well, Chip, March HRW wheat futures were nine and three quarters cents lower at 816 and one quarter. May SRW wheat down four cents, seven oh eight and three quarters. May corn futures were six cents higher, six thirty nine and three quarters. December corn futures closed at five seventy one, up a whole half penny on the day. May beans nine and a half cents higher, fifteen eighteen and three quarters. Novi beans closed at thirteen seventy three. That's up five and a half today. December cotton futures fifty one points higher, eighty four twenty six. On your livestock, April live cattle were 132 and a half higher at 165.42 and a half. April feeder futures up to 17 and one half to 196.02 and a half. And April lean hog futures 70 cents higher at 84.55. Chip, that's your quick market recap. Back over to you. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Rich Nelson, chief strategist at Allendale Inc. is our guest analyst today. Rich, um, I, I want to focus a little bit on the 2023 crops and the weather okay because we we continue to see the outlook from noaa uh from the climate prediction center as well that la nina is going to trans is is going to uh transition at least to enso neutral probably by this summer and i'm hearing more and more discussion that we could be in an el nino by this winter what does that make you think about regarding the growing season for for the u.s you know for the u.s uh, my key uh, concerns are is number one weather at the reproductive phase weather just yeah. act after and then separately number three and addition number three is planting dates so for this transition to, to el nino in my viewpoint at least this is not probably hit us in the corn soybean window as far as uh, significant yield impacts. So and on this one, I'm, I'm still saying for right now, trend yield is a valid discussion. I would strongly raise a little concern, though, on the wheat side. Uh, keep in mind, as far as uh, wheat, we've got Australia's crop where they're already concerned about, and they'll be go- going through uh, uh, planting here in these next few weeks. Uh, keep in mind, the other impacts in El Nino at that time is going to be Southeast Asia. So we can maybe, in the later part of this year, have a renewed discussion about palm oil prices if that does hit you. Okay. All right. Yeah, we tend to think about what's happening here and not so much about what's happening in other countries and so on. But And if there is if there is a connection to these ENSO phases, it is Australia. Boy, if it's a La Nina, get out of their way. They're going to grow a crop. If it's an El Nino, watch out because uh, they're going to have a real tough time growing a crop and meeting the, the demand out of Asia. When when you imagine or think about the growing season ahead 
and how that, I don't know, the, the December 23 corn market, how it might trade. What do you see? So here's the story, and I, I know a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners are questioning about trend yield, especially after you know the past three to four years on corn, two of the past four years of light problems on soybeans. At this point in time, if the trend yield story does develop, then we'll have a slow acceptance where we see something like what happened these past two or three weeks of sharply lower, a small pause, and then a continued movement on down. So really, as far as uh, corn. We're looking at maybe a spring low target, maybe 538, a rebound into spring and summer pricing, uh, summer risk, and then ultimate lows around 429 for that December corn contract for fall lows, if we do have the trennial discussion realized. So we look for a slow acceptance of the story, not straight all priced in here into the spring lows, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I... A, a 430 tra- uh, market, if we grow a 181 and a half for a national average yield, I think shouldn't we, that makes sense to me. It makes a lot of sense to me. I, 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 how, how do you go about managing the risk in this based on the timing of the move? And that's the issue right now. You've got to have long-term positions because this could be just a, a general long-term slide a pause for a spring-summer risk, and then back down again for spring if this scenario does work out right. So essentially, you've got to have some long-term positions and be willing to just stick with them for right now. Uh, a lot of people may not be may not be comfortable with the straight futures, but certainly we can do uh, you know, a, a two-way option or a three-way option strategy. But bottom line for corn, at least on my end at least, I'm okay with straight short futures. I would be more cautious with the soybean side and perhaps do a, a one or, or two or three way type of option position. Okay. Soybean, okay. Now, are are you kind of thinking carry over just under two billion bushels, like a one eight five or a one nine, something like that? And certainly, am. And just like everybody else, I've got that same number. And the other question, which which we're all so concerned about, and we all are aware of, if this whole crop export problem is not fixed. That now pushes us over, over that two point zero billion number for the new crop side. So even okay. even more concerning. All right. What if it's a, a 175 for a national average yield? Not a bad crop at all, but it, it's, that would be, oh, call it six bushel, call it five, half a billion bushels off of the crop. Um, does that change your outlook? It does a little bit here, but, uh, you know, if you drop it even down to 172, which is number I'm playing with for the okay. low end, low end, now you're talking like a 1.4 crop. So if you're looking at a 175 yield, now you're still in that 1516 range. Okay. So in terms of downside and, and, and pricing on this market, if you're sitting yep. at that 1516 range, yep. uh, you're pretty much looking at a price of, uh, of roughly 540, 550 or so. So still okay. a little bit lower here in the grand scheme of things. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Okay. Um, I know you've got your acreage survey coming out. We've got the 591 spring price uh on corn 1376 i believe that's a 2.33 to 1 corn bean price ratio i if i did my math right the corn bean price ratio today is 2.4 to 1 so is the market trying to move some of those acres from corn to soybeans i hope it is and i'm going to suggest that it's probably not yet moving enough to make that major change yet for most producers so 
I'm still concerned that it might be a little uh, higher acres on both. And as our producers know, we had 6 million acres li- uh, locked up yeah. last year to prevent a plant. So we do have the acres available. How it's distributed is the question. Yeah, good stuff. Let's go over to livestock. Um, this cattle market, where are we at? What At what stage of the rally are we in? I think most of us are probably going to say maybe it's time to have a little caution on on our, our very strong bullshit so we got uh, 165 here this week in the south, best trade since April of 2015. So good news there. The concern, as we know, with April futures in June is this market is saying we're probably nearing the peak of things. And I agree with it here in the grand scheme of things. I'm not sure how much of a price break we could have into summer lows, especially as this tightness now really hits in Q2 and Q3. So on this cattle side, I do think we're in the very last phases of the rally. Uh, obviously, next week's uh, storm in the plains, we very closely watch. We'll see if this does hold the forecast, though. Okay. Yeah, it looks like I, I was looking for some activity in the cash market today. I think it's a buck higher than last week in the north at 165. I don't know if it perked up any more than that in this afternoon or not. Uh, real quick on the hogs. Eh, we don't have to be real quick. We've got a little bit of time left here. Uh, that early February low that we had in the in the lean hog market was that the low or is there risk below it? It is the low, and 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 high, like we have high confidence in saying that. What we okay. what we have a, a lot of concern with is saying the seasonal rally because we're during, we're going to drop here from two point five million head runs each week. We'll be down to two point three at the summer supply lows in July. So we should be having a strong rally. The concern with this is cash hogs were just $6 over that late winter low. We're about 20, 21% below last year at this time. So, yes, we've got the low in, but we're not really rallying with any uh, any confidence at all here. Yeah, the cash lean hog index, 78.65. It, uh, it is not showing a whole lot of concern about the supply side of the market at all. Is that because there is concern on the demand side? I think you've got a little bit of that. You've got a little concern about uh, the chicken side as well. Uh, okay. And I'm not quite sure if we're going to argue, but the retail side is going to be a major problem. I think retail movement still sluggish, but it's okay. Uh, grand scheme of things, though, I think we've got just to get a few more weeks, push past this weather issue. You know, we had a weather event last week, which disrupted kills. Yep. This week was, uh, for right now, a little letdown for the Eastern Corn Belt storm. But bottom line is we this should be an incredible value by the time we get yeah. into summer. For now, yeah. we're not we're not uh, not there yet here. Yeah, and I think pork's got a little bit of a perception problem right now because uh, it's still a great value against beef and against poultry, but it's <laughs> double what uh, consumers are used to paying for the product. So it's got, a, like I said, a bit of a perception problem. Rich, it is always good to talk with you. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys. All right. That is Rich Nelson, Chief Strategist, Allendale, Inc. Davis and I will be right back to wrap up the week here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. 
FullScale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about FullScale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Chip, you want to hear the singing on this one? Maybe I'm a fancy hue. That's not what it sounds like at all. Huh? Dwight Yoakam is an American treasure. Do not make fun of him. Well, my pants aren't tight enough. That's the thing. Not enough rips? Not enough rips. Just not, not enough, enough general tightness. Snake, not enough snakeskin boots? I, there's no snakeskin on my boots, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, talk about all hat and no cattle. Jeez. Oh, come on now. You don't come know on. Come um, on. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Friday, 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 everybody. Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory, obviously, is here as well. Chip, something interesting happened. It's a a 3-3 miracle, a three, three you might miracle. say. Mm-hmm. March okay. 3rd. It's 3-3. Um, I'm all ears. We got a call. Somebody called in, despite yes. my best efforts to obfuscate the phone number, somebody called in. Um, <laughs> Joe, Big Apple Joe, Big Apple Joe fielded the call. It was with a, uh, a special dedication. Joe, I don't know if we can play the whole thing. We can't. We can't. So we'll give you, we'll give you about 29 seconds of, uh, of this caller's request. Did he, did he want to dedicate it to anyone in particular, Joe? Do you, did you write it down? He did not. He did not. Uh, so we'll just assume that this is dedicated to uh, to me. How's that? Oh, okay. Let's go. That's in the air, man. He rocks in the treetop all the day long. Bumping and a bopping and a singing his song. All the little birds on J. I'm doing the mashed potato, baby. That's that's what I'm doing. Um, In seriousness, he uh, thank you for the call. Uh, Whoever you were, um, he was calling. He'd heard us talking about uh, robins and the like. Yep. Uh, And you, you know, there was discussion. Is it twice on the robin's head, three times on the robin's tail? They got to see snow before the right. groundhog actually passes away type of a thing. I don't know. The records are probably no, on a no, scroll before the, somewhere. Before the, before, the ground ho- before the groundhog is done uh, on the grill. Oh, is that what it is? That's what it is. That's what it is. See, now that's how I was raised because right. it's, not, it's not really springtime until you've had that first tasted delicious groundhog. Yep. That with a side uh, order of guinea pig. Let's go. Playing that song. 
Playing that song, I think, triggered some of our longtime listeners into thinking we were about to uh, uh, recite some tweet of the day oh, from yeah. the old days. Today's oh, tweets yeah. are brought to you by the days of yore. How come they don't do that anymore? And now, no <laughs> tweets for you. Here's the thing, man. Everybody stopped tweeting during the during the pandemic. There were no <laughs> yep. tweets. There were yep. no tweets. Everybody, ev- there was nobody happy with the, Twitter. Happy with the, Twitter at that time. Yeah, and the ones nobody. that did, they were not funny. They were not no. lighthearted, nor were they, they informative. Weren't. No, you remember what we used? The kind of stuff we used to get organic. <laughs> vegan canned ham tweets oh, we used yes. to get grease nipples we used to get all kinds of crazy stuff it was I knew awesome you were do it. it was a target rich environment it and really it just, was it dried up it really it was up. one of the best was from jennifer campbell talking about how how uh uh <laughs> A new mattress and yes. boar semen were all delivered on the same day. <laughs> Awkward conversation with the shout UPS out, driver. Shout out to Jennifer. Wow. I forgot about that one. <laughs> wow. Wowzers. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quite the week we've had here, dude. Yes. Um, long way around. Um, especially in the bean market, not, not really to get all that far. Um, it's something interesting that Rich talked about. He was talking about, uh, I think it was the hogs. No, 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 no. I'm going to go back to the grains, back to the grains talking about, you know, there may be the potential for a bit of a spring, summer rally ish kind of a thing. Yeah. But then for prices to resume a downtrend following that. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, how you protect what, against what something talking, like that? What he's talking about there is, you know, what are the odds that we're going to have a weather scare? Pretty good. Yep. It's either going to happen in the spring uh, with some planting delays and not getting all the way to 91 million corn acres. Uh, it could happen in the summer because we got to watch the pace at which the transition from La Nina to neutral and neutral to El Nino happens. The more rapidly that transition happens it it can there there is it's not evidence uh there's research that shows that the quicker that transition happens the drier we are in the midwest so a slow transition uh-huh we should be okay uh. for the growing season um a quick transition can leave us a little high and dry in the midwest we got to watch that. We we got to pay attention to that. It's, well, it's this uh, whole, really important. This whole weather situation is transitory anyway, right? Well, I mean, yeah. When yeah. is a transitory pattern ever done any damage? <laughs> I mean, really. You know, uh, the the other thing that I will say about this weather that we're getting is, yeah, I kind of went off on it this morning uh, with all the moisture and the recharge of the reservoirs in California and in the yeah. drought areas. Yeah. It's reduced the drought footprint in California dramatically. Now, don't screw, don't screw it up. They can still screw it up and just let the water loose into the ocean. They can do that uh, because there are salmon. Is that a thing? Salmon that needs to be oh. supported, okay? Or you can do a controlled flow and still keep plenty of water around to help out the California almond. Uh uh, the the produce, vegetable, cantaloupe growers, 
I'm looking at you there. Uh, oh, geez, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Westside Farmer. Uh, but, boy, Joe Del Bosque. Wow. Mm. Uh, it, it, there's, there's a lot of opportunity with that water, but there's a lot of risk that you could still screw it up, too. Hey, you know what? Monday morning, we're going to have a gentleman on the show by the name of Bob oh, yeah. Elliott. This I saw, exciting. I'll admit, I saw this on Fox Business yesterday. We immediately got on the horn because I want to talk to him about his real time recession tracker. We're going to do that Monday morning. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is AgriTalk.